Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 92 of Push to Plat. As you know, we're on the Homewood Run here, and we're we're very lucky to have some wonderful returning guests, but also a couple of new guests in these last episodes. This is a man that I've wanted to talk to for some time. He's not locked exclusively on the Sony console, although he does exhibit some Sony fanboy-isms for sure. He is, a, a, of course, a, a lover of Nintendo as well, and I'm sure we're going to cover some of that today. He is a host of the Game Stuff podcast and recently joined the Loot Bros team. He's been there for a couple of weeks, and of course, last week they did a wonderful, a wonderful look at the Nintendo Direct with Kali. And if you're if you're in any way interested in Nintendo or you just want to catch up on what's going on on those properties, I highly recommend going and checking that episode out. Of course, I am talking of Mr. TMNT84 himself, Joe. How are you today, sir? I'm good, CJ. How are you? Yeah, look, I'm really good. So I do want to thank you for for joining me tonight. I know we've been sort of back and forwarding a little bit for some time. It's never quite worked with cross wires or whatever, I think. But it is wonderful to get you on here before we do wrap up. I have, as I said, been looking forward to this conversation for some time. I mean, it's an absolute pleasure to be on this show. I mean, I've listened to this show for about a year now. I got, I, you know, I found the show through Daryl and the Lubros. So it was really cool to kind of like get this going because we've we talked about this a few times we wanted to do this and you know it kind of fell through the cracks a few times but it's nice to actually be on the show i'm i'm absolutely privileged to be one of the last people to be on the show it's so thank you Oh, not, not at all. I appreciate it. Now, I want to dive in because we're going to be talking some serious game talk today. But before we do, for the people that don't know you, I'd love to know a little bit about your, your gaming history because it does it does move beyond just the, the Sony PlayStation, I believe. So please share with us a little of your, your gaming journey. So, I mean, it started way back. So I'm 36. I'll be 37 in two months. So it started back in, I would say, like 80, 88, 89. Um, I played the Atari 2600. On my father's lap for the first time, I played Carnival and Pitfall and River Raid. Those are the first three video games I ever played in my entire life. Um, I'm actually one person who has never owned an original NES that I know. Like, I've never owned one. Mm. Never in my existence. Oh, wow. I played every single game on the NES because I, I played on emulators. Uh, my friends have owned NES. I own NES cartridges, but I've never owned an official original NES uh, I was mainly an Xbox gamer for years, especially through 360. I wasn't a Sony gamer until PS4, actually. Uh, I had, at a, in a, I think in like the state of New Jersey, I was ranked in like the top 5% of people for trophies. Or, I'm sorry, achievements. Mm-hmm. And I had, when mm-hmm. I stopped playing, I was close to 200,000. And I just stopped. <laughs> just completely? Because I got a PS4. Ah, okay. Yeah, I just got a PS4 and just stopped playing, like... I, honestly, it was kind of weird situation. Like, I loved achievements, similar to I know Corey talked about it last week, where he would buy all these ridiculous games just to get achievements. I kind of did that in the beginning. Like, I bought your King Kongs, <laughs> I bought your Fusion Frenzy, I bought like I bought all the, I, Avatar. I, I went and hunted Avatar. I I bought a subscription at Blockbuster or I think it was Hollywood Video at the time. It was our rental service in our town. And I went and I got a copy of Avatar. I signed up for rental service for achievements. <laughs> well, that's how that, that's how sick I was. You, but you, you, you know, like there are, there are many people there just nodding, going, "Yeah, I'm doing that today." Like, well, what's he on about? What's wrong with that? And there is there is exactly. nothing wrong with that, of course. You know, I wish we could do that in Australia. No. We we never had that GameFly and stuff. Oh, game GameFly was it? Yeah. Well, no, it was actually a rental store. It, 
it was our oh. it was like a big chain rental store. There was two. There was Blockbuster in the states and Hollywood Video. Those are like the big two mm. in my area, and I had subscription services to both, so I could rent two games out at a time. I think it was like twenty bucks a month for each one. And like when I was yeah. a kid, like all I did was spend my money on video games. My entire life, yeah. like I wish I honestly kept all the games I bought in my lifetime. I sold a lot of off to get newer stuff because I just yeah. didn't have the means to just keep buying games the way I did. But I mean, through my through my adolescent years, I would say through my twenties and in my thirties, I was predominantly a Nintendo player. I've had every Nintendo handheld system since the Game Boy. I mean, I love Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Like. I have had for my 10th birthday, I got a Super Nintendo. It's probably my favorite gift I've ever gotten ever in my life. Mm. I actually got surprised. So I've told this story a few times, but I guess I'll tell it again in the show. So it was my 10th birthday. Um, I went to go take a shower and my mom and my sister and her boyfriend at the time, they set up a Super Nintendo in my room. So when I got out of the shower, my sister's sitting there playing Ninja Turtles on the super nintendo and i'm like what are you doing and where'd this come from because i was just dumbfounded i was like and she's like it's yours stupid it's your birthday i didn't put like two and two together that like because like usually when you get a birthday gift like that you know you get to unwrap it and open it i never had that like feeling with the super nintendo i like the box was like put in the closet already like they set everything up for me I was just going to say, those those stories are the best, though, aren't they? I, I like that. Like, because c- I didn't come from gaming parents or whatever else, they had no interest. Like, nothing like that ever happened. And I just, I remember once we went to the store in the city, like, because we did have this old, you know, shocking PC for my dad's work, you know, and this is, well, we're of a similar age, you know, I'm 40. I, did, I didn't realize you were so close to that wonderful number, sir. And, uh, you know, so, so back playing in the 80s on, you know, this, I think it was a 40 megabyte, like, surely that's not oh. correct, but that's what I think it was, hard drive and couldn't play anything and I remember being in the game the, the the big department store because there are no game stores back then and we were looking and the games of course ridiculously priced you know in, in Australia these PC games and and I'll never forget my my parents didn't want to be there they had no interest in buying this stuff it was a waste of money and they asked this kid who was there who obviously knew what was going on and they said you know how long does this take and they, I don't know what game it was I don't remember and the kid's like oh you can beat it in four hours or something and my dad's like I'm not spending this money for four hours and stormed out and that's as close <laughs> as we ever got to buying games as kids but I, I love hearing stories about where it's part of the family you know from from the family itself i think that's awesome sir so like to round out that story like so i got i got out of the shower i come out my sister's playing ninja turtles and then i realize it's mine and i'm like hey can you like can you leave mm. so i can play and i felt like rude at the time but like <laughs> like you're playing my new system it's my birthday hey can i play like what's up with that so then I grabbed the second controller and we just started playing together and uh, we beat it that night for the first yeah. time. I mean, I beat it tons of times in the arcade before that. I think it was it's Turtles in Time, so I was pretty familiar with the game. I, I think that's a perfect segue. I have to ask. I assume it's a nod to the Turtles, but but your your name here, uh, TMNT84, this is a nod to the Turtles, is this correct? Yes, it's uh, Mr. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle 84. <laughs> uh, so that name has, has a little bit of history too. So back yeah. on Xbox, I couldn't think of a name. So I couldn't think of a name like I couldn't like I was like, I need something cool. And so uh, my Xbox story real short and sweet is I didn't have an Xbox 360 for a few years, right? Because I couldn't afford one. So I would I bought one of those, you know, those 32 gig memory cards that slip in the front. Mm -hmm. So I bought one of those 
and I brought it to my friends' houses that had Xboxes, and I would play their games when we did sleepovers. They would go to bed, and similar to what Corey would do, I would stay up all night and just play their games while they were sleeping. Because I didn't have access to them. <laughs> so that's, that's wonderful. I, lo- I loaded my entire profile onto a memory card because you could yeah. do that. You could put your profile on a memory card. So I would do that, and I would just play every game I possibly could to get achievements before I could actually get my own Xbox. And I got my own Xbox when I worked at a, I worked at a store called, um, the hell was it called? Oh, a Play and Trade, and it was my local game store. And my friend, I actually became friends with the guy behind the counter, and we were similar age. And he actually told his mom to hire me, and they paid me in games. Mm. So, yeah, you got to think like you're twenty something. You're getting paid in games. So I got paid yeah. in games. I she gave me an Xbox because she wanted me to be familiar with the product. So mm. she gave me an Xbox, and then she let me pick out three games for my first paycheck. There's no way I made that much of my first paycheck to get all that. But she was just very generous. That's a, that's a wonderful story too. I, I sometimes wonder because everyone I talk to and you know everyone everyone that games you know in, in their you know thirties or whatever, a lot of them worked at some point in their life at a GameStop or some sort of game store. You know when they were younger or whatever for for some amount of time. And I never did that. And you know yes, I spend a bit of time there now, probably enough time to work there. I think at times <laughs> and and in the back of my mind because you know I'm at that age where you know you're always looking for new things. I was like, I wonder if I were to come and work here for a day a week. Now I'm sure they don't want to middle-aged man working there by any stretch of the of the imagination but I thought you know I miss this uh, or whatever else and I, I you know the, the conversations you have with them and I, I won't name the store but I, I don't think we get into trouble anyway but I always feel bad because I'm not a, a collector of games and most of the stuff I buy is digital but sometimes I buy physical but you know I, I tend to flip it or whatever and take it back to them and, and get nothing for it or whatever but you know I don't need it anymore anyway and I always there's, there's a girl that works there and she's very interested in Japanese games mainly Nintendo but plays and PlayStation and we, we always talk and I'm like I really think you should uh, I've just finished the 13 uh, Agus uh, Agus uh, Rim thing uh, uh, 13 Sentinels and I said I really think you should play this blah 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 and you know they of course are going to whack some ridiculous price on it like they do with the trade-in and I said look can I just give it to you and she's like oh you know we can't do that or whatever and I said well why don't you just pay me the difference oh no we can't do that blah 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 so we worked out a deal but you know I always thought like I suppose the attraction of working in the game store would be good, but maybe the financial side of it is not so good. But then if you got paid in games, as you said, perhaps it is good. Yeah, so I got paid in games. Uh, the first game I got, the first two games I got were Ninja Gaiden 2. Oh, wow. And I'm a huge, huge, huge Ninja Gaiden fan. Uh, Ninja Gaiden 1 is my favorite yeah. NES game of all time. Like, there's no, no other game compares in the NES. And then I got... Um, Dead, Dead Rising? Yeah, Dead Rising. And that was the game that made it so I had to buy a new TV. So it also ushered in the need to buy an HDTV because you couldn't read what was on the screen unless you had an yes. HDTV. Because <laughs> if you had an old tube TV, you couldn't read the writing. It was all, like, wow. blurry. But anyway, going back to how I got my name. So on Xbox, I couldn't figure out a name, right? So my friends were like, all right, this is your name. And they put it in while I went to the bathroom. And when you submit it, you submit it. So they can't change it. And it was like it was like my last name, but it was like like Prizzle. <laughs> and then that was my nickname all through like the rest of high the rest of like college. Like the rest of like um how do I put this? Like community college through like the first like few years of actual college while we were mm-hmm. Xbox gamers. It was like, yo, Prizzle, what's up, man? What's up? What's good, man? Like everywhere, everywhere I went. 
like in that in that like section of friends, they would all call me Prizzle, <laughs> and that and that's how that one started. So then, as soon as I got a PS4, I actually changed my name. But that name actually comes from my my Nintendo days, like because once you could create a Nintendo ID, I took Mister TMNT84 right away because that was my tagline on a lot of social media already. So I I just took it on the Nintendo 3DS, and then I had it on the Switch. And then I took it on PlayStation, and I'm the only one with a Mr. TMNT handle on PlayStation. Because if you type it in, it'll tell you if there's anybody else, if you search, and I'm the only one. Yeah, I, I noticed that. Now, look, I have to ask, obviously, growing up, I was a fan of the the, the, cart, the cartoon, the animation, Turtles, or whatever mm-hmm. else. I never played any of the games, although I know there has been some very good ones. The only Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game I played was the Travesty that came out on PS4, which I don't know if you ever got to play that game. Not not brilliant, uh, or whatever. <laughs> but there must have been some good ones. Was there one, was there a game that you loved? In- so I'll start off first. That Travesty you, you talk about, I love that game. Oh! And do you know why I love that game? Please. Because I love the people who made that game. Uh, I love Platinum Studios. I really love... And the people who worked on that were some of the people who worked on the original Devil May Cry game. Mm-hmm. So I really liked it. And I really bought it because they sold me on them being able to handle other franchises when they made the Transformers game, mm-hmm. which was absolutely a phenomenal game. Mm. Absolutely. The one that, I think they gave it away for on free for PS, PS Plus. Hmm. Hmm. But it was Transformers Devastation, I believe, was the name of it. Uh, but, but I mean, do you, do you like the game itself, that Turtles game, or is it just the nostalgia of the studio and everything else? No, I actually liked the game. I thought it was a decent single player game. Uh, it really shines in its multiplayer, but the problem is no one was playing it. Hmm. Um, and I actually found a group through um, through a Ninja Turtles uh, social media group I'm part of that I, I play that game with almost every other like month or so. Okay. We'll get together and we'll try to beat a few levels because we're trying to platinum it. Yeah, like that's a platinum I want. Like I want that platinum. It's quite a tough plat as well, I believe. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass platinum. I wouldn't say it's it's super tough. I would say the hardest trophies, the trophies are really RNG centric. So like you have to like steal a bunch of this or bring back a bunch of this. Like you have to roll, roll these uh, bank. I know you played it, right? Yes, so yeah. you, do you remember the side missions? Oh, vaguely. I didn't get very far. So all the, yeah, so all the side missions are RNG based. So they mm. show up randomly. Mm. And certain ones show up even less. So, like, some of the trophies are tied to those. Yeah. And then one of the trophies is tied to, like, beating Rocksteady by pushing him into the subway train. But it only happens randomly, and you have to do it with four people. And it's, and like, the moon needs to align and the stars. And it's absolutely ridiculous, man. It's at, like, <laughs> we played that game for six hours one night trying to trigger this one trophy to happen, and we couldn't do it. Another hard trophy in that game is you all have to take, um, when you beat a boss, you can do like a like an emote pose by pushing one of the uh, four directional buttons. Everybody has to do it at, when you kill the boss. Like the immediate moment you killed, you hit the last hit. You all have to hit an emote at the same time and take a picture of it. Yeah, it's it's coming back to me now. I don't want to misspeak on this game. It was kind of hard to get, but we finally got it. Um, I, I I like that game. Is there any good turtle games? There's tons of good turtle games. Um, you just gotta search. Um, I love the original NES game. A lot of people hate on that game too. I think that's really biggest nostalgia, though, but I also think the soundtrack in that game, the 8-bit soundtrack, is absolutely phenomenal. I love 8-bit music, but I think that and Ninja Gaiden are probably my two favorite soundtracks from any video game ever. Like, I, I have them on my phone. Yeah. Like, I listen to them. They were my ringtones for years. <laughs> 
I, I've I've often heard that of the old ones. Now, look, I want to ask before we before we get too deep into games or anything. I know your relationship has somewhat changed with trophies uh-huh. in the in the last year or so, and the, the way you approach games. I know I'm giving you a warning because I do want to get to that. But before we get to that, I want to ask. It, it wasn't uncommon for people to switch from the Xbox 360 to the PS4 across that generation. What was it that pulled you across? Was it a two. certain game? Two very or? certain games. Two very ah. certain games. Uh, so I am a huge, and this is from my mother, God rest her soul. I miss her so much. Um, thank you, Mom, because it's one of the games I still play to this day that I love. And every time I play it, I kind of think of her. Um, Street Fighter is a huge, huge staple in our house growing up. Mm. And once Sony took mm-hmm. Street Fighter and moved it exclusively to PlayStation, I was like, I have to have a PlayStation. I have to. Yeah. Oh, I would and never. The other one was I'm a huge yeah. baseball fan. I'm a huge New York Mets fan. I always have been my whole life. Also, that comes from my mom, and I couldn't play baseball anymore. And I play baseball every year. And baseball season starts right around my birthday, and pretty much either every Easter or every birthday, that's the game I got for my birthday every year, or every Easter I got it. So my mom was never big on getting us candy for Easter. She always bought us video games or always bought us a toy. She didn't want us to rot our teeth. She was like, here, rot your mind instead. (laughs) So it was never... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it was never a it was never a candy house no it was always a like okay it's your it's easter here's a game it's your birthday here's a game it's christmas here's a game like i mean i like side tangent i told Corey this a bunch of times like i would take my money from lunch cj mm. like i got five dollars a day for lunch right mm. i would pull it together every day from middle school to high school mm. and i buy video games every every friday mm, that's awesome <laughs> I, lo- I love that <laughs> Look, I, I can understand like that. The system. So I come from I come from a separated home, unfortunately, mm. or maybe it's fortunate. I don't know. Um, it didn't it didn't affect me in the long run. I think I have a pretty good, you know, adult life. I'm married. I have a kid. So, you know, living the American dream. I have a great job. But but anyway, so I would take my money. Right. And then I would bring it with my dad on the weekends because my dad didn't know where the money came from. Mm. And he didn't ask my mom because mm. he didn't care. But then my dad would match whatever I had usually. Oh wow! So then I would get even better games. <laughs> that that is, I like that. That's a what a wonderful but, what a wonderful sort of a childhood in a way, I suppose. There. <laughs> so I know that you touched a little bit on my name and my fascination with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm. I am absolutely obsessed. I have been since I was probably five years old. I saw them in concert when they did their coming out of shells tour. Like I actually went to one of those shows. My dad took me, so I, <laughs> oh, wow. I saw that live. Yeah. Um. I saw the movie the night it came out. My dad woke me up. Like, I was sleeping. My dad woke me up. He's like, oh, we're going to go to the movies. I'm like, what are we going to the movies to go see? He's like, it's a surprise. Let's just go. So I'm half asleep. I get there. And then, like, the intro kicks in. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is what I think it is. And he's like, it is. And I just sat there glued. And I watched that movie every day when it came out on VHS. I broke, I think I broke two or three copies of it watching it so many times. Because, like, once you rewind a tape back in the day, it would ruin it. Yeah. So like I went through so many tapes. I burned a hole in a DVD list watching the DVD so many times. Like I absolutely obsessed with the first movie. I actually saw it. I just saw it in theaters a week ago because they're playing it for the 20th anniversary, which is this year. I'm sorry, the the 30th 30th yeah. anniversary. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> it's the 30th anniversary this year, and I got to see it in theaters um, a week ago, which is actually pretty funny because I had tickets to go see it in one of our actual local theaters. They were gonna do an actual special showing on the anniversary which is i believe it's march it's march 28th or march 30th it's one of those two dates 
Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. That's sad. I should know. Mm. It's okay. Justin will rip me a new one for that one. <laughs> it's it's amazing, this. isn't it? 30, 30 years. It's funny because my, my brother is obviously a similar age to you and he was obsessed with them as well. I wonder if that, that few years separation, I, I was definitely conscious of them and, and, and watched them, but I think perhaps I was just that little bit a little bit old, uh, older, I suppose, at that point, so... I think I think I fell in the perfect like timeline, and yes. I I have to give it to my neighbors, my my grandparents' neighbors. Their their oldest son was who got me into Ninja Turtles, and I'll never forget it mm. because he had the action figures, and I was like, "What are these? These are cool." He's like, "Oh, if you think this is cool, come over yeah. at four o'clock today, and I'll show you cool." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay." So I came over, and then he showed me the cartoon, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is like my life now. It's over." <laughs> and then from that point, I've had every figure, I've had every toy i've had every funko pop every every everything i love them so much like they're such an ingrained part of my life like i mean obviously it's my gamer tag it's but it's it's just something like i kind of like i kind of try to live my life a little bit like theirs and be honorable and respectful to people every day and try to help others when i can and they just mean a lot to me they mean i mean i i don't know if you've ever seen um it's a special on netflix called the toys that made us no i haven't no so they talk about all these old toys, right? And like the people who made them and the story behind them. And they actually talk to Eastman and Laird and then they talk about how they like they fell out and the, how they, you know, they sold the rights to Ninja Turtles to Nickelodeon and now, you know, they're coming back to make the last Ronin and that's what they're working on now together for the first time in over, you know, 15 20 years that they've actually worked together. And like I literally teared up when I saw them meet for the first time in years actually sit together in the old Mirage studios and sit down and draw and, and color together. I thought it was absolutely mm -hmm. fantastic to see the two people that are a very huge part of my life, not knowing that they're a huge part of my life, but obviously they know they're a huge part of their fans' lives because they created the Ninja Turtles. And without them, you know... Mm -hmm. Mm, that's right toys that made us okay uh, that's why i love doing this show there's so many things that just pop up like there's, that there's three yeah there's three seasons of it on netflix i'll throw that down They're very very good now look let's let's shift from one obsession to the other and as i alluded to sure. just before i know know your relationship has changed somewhat in the last year or so to trophies and we we touched on that briefly last week with Corey. but i'm interested to hear it from yourself you've obviously as you said you you know you're a bit of an <clears throat> achievement whore and no disrespect of course uh back on on the xbox side and then you know for for a while there you were you were somewhat a rata platter i saw a few on your profile uh you know back in the distant past or whatever else but you, you've obviously changed your position on it and i'd like to just explore that a little bit why and and what led to that and and are you enjoying the way you're playing now i suppose okay so it it, it goes back to the xbox days again like i was a big like 50 percenter is what i called myself <laughs> And on Xbox, the reason I did it is because Xbox went by points, right? Mm. So there was no level. Mm -hmm. So all you had to do is amass a huge score, right? Mm -hmm. So what's the fastest way to amass a huge score? Only get half the score, right? Yes. Because I can play more games than other people can because they're taking longer to complete the games 100%. Mm. I can attest that also works on PlayStation. <laughs> it, it does in a sense, but it doesn't in a sense because of the way the trophies are weighted on PlayStation. True. Where all the all the story based ones are usually bronzes or maybe some silvers, so they don't even count for much of the score. Yeah. Whereas like Xbox, you could you could beat a game and get five hundred points just from beating the game. Yeah. 
they're weighted a little bit differently. That, that's, that's right. But see, this is what interests me because I've heard of people use like an arbitrary number. It could be 50%, it could be 60%, 70%, whatever. They're going to play that far in the game, whether it be PlayStation or Xbox, and then they, they will allow themselves to move on. And it sounds like, you know, from what you're saying here, that that's the way that you looked at it, that number as well. It wasn't just the score. Like you needed to get that far in the game perhaps to have experienced the game. Is that is that sort of right? No. Well, so I have to – so the, the big thing is you have to beat the game, right? Because I feel like to experience any game or to have like the best opinion possible, even to do what what we do and talk, we just talk about games. Mm. And I know we're no professionals at doing this, but you know we we kind of think we are. You know, <laughs> my but... opinion matters. God damn it, listeners! I scream into this void. It's like Discord all over again, sir. <laughs> so I would I would say like I had to beat the game first. And then I just put an arbitrary number on it because I liked collecting achievements. And it wasn't really about the score. It was no. about each individual achievement I unlocked. And I actually did um, I actually did a project on it for school and how it like created dopamines in your body and like all that stuff. And I couldn't go mm. into like details on it because I one, I'm not a I'm not, you know, I'm not a psychology major anymore. Well, I technically have a degree in psychology, but I have a master's in applied behavior analysis, and I work with adults on the on the uh, autism spectrum for a living. But that aside, like, mm. I was obsessed with trophies. Like, I would eat, breathe, and sleep trophies. Like, it was bad. Like, and I've been with my <laughs> wife pretty much the entire time I've been mm. an Xbox gamer and a PS4 gamer. Like, that whole span has been spent with my wife. So my wife's seen it all. My wife's mm. seen me go from being, like, super addicted to trophies and like had 500 500 uh point every game that i bought i bought before i could move on to the next one and then when i got to playstation i did the same thing for years for years until i got to a point i, w- I would say it happened last year where i was kind of like it was kind of during backlog beatdown and i realized when i started backlog beatdown last year i was like okay well i still have to get 500 points in this game even though i beat it my mind can't let me get past that number right and then I just had an epiphany one day and I was like, listen, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I love trophies and I do this thing now where I kind of stream on Tuesday nights on Twitch and I call it Trophy Tuesdays. All I do is go back and get trophies to 50% for the games that I beat. So I still do it to a sense, <laughs> yeah. but I don't do it to not move on anymore. It's not a roadblock anymore. I've gotten over that roadblock. And I think the reason I did it was because, one, I was in a heated competition with my rival uh jt i love jt he's a great guy he's a good friend but like he kind of made me think of it like if you're not going to get 100 percent, why even get 50 he's like just move on man yeah it's it's like freeing i suppose then in a way yeah it was in a sense in a sense it was very freeing because i just didn't feel like i had to reach an arbitrary number anymore i just also yeah i'm just also about trying to get the most value out of my games too and i think trophies are of trophies and achievements are a very good device at making games more valuable and mm. that's that was the original intent and i think it just kind of s- turned into this like whole like super like e-penis competition and that's okay like that's okay if everybody wants to do that that's their thing you know i don't want to shit on people's parades because you know that's what they like doing if they like going out and buying all these games and getting trophies in them or achievements that's all them I and to talk briefly about like rat plats, yeah, I dabbled because I was like, oh man, I can get a platinum in like a minute or two minutes. Let me try that out. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I don't want to spend money on this because if I'm spending money on all these small games, I could pool all that money together and get a good game or not not a good game, but a game like a triple A game or a game that I would more spend more time with. 
Yes. And and I'm playing it to play it, not to get trophies. Um, I will say, I am similar to Corey, where I play everything. Like, there is not a game I will not play or will not try. I am not an elitist. I don't think that... I hate people who make fun of children's games. Um, one of my favorite markets in video games is dead now, and it sucks. Uh, I miss um, licensed games. I miss them heavily. Mm-hmm. I, mi- I miss your Power Ranger games, or I miss the games that were based off of movies and TV shows. I think they had an audience. They had a huge audience. I'm, I'm all with you. I mean, also the toys for for life. You know, look, I've played most of those games. I love them. I think, I think that yeah, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting crossover or whatever. And I like the point that you make about the the shorter games or whatever. I think the financial side is is somewhat degree, but the side that interests me the most is the time as well, because, and we've talked about that before, you know, is that, yes, you know, you you, you play like, like for example, like the other day, uh, yesterday, I, I had a wonderful whore day. It was wonderful, like 10 plats or something. They weren't skipping VNs or whatever. I really <laughs> enjoyed it. And, you know, but that, that probably took about four hours. And yes, I was walking around the house. I was doing some other things I read for a while as well, but I really, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of brain activity. And, and I really, enjoyed that and i think i think one of the things that i've always loved about those games are is that i don't play them every day i just wait until i have a, a collection of them and then i'll just play them all in one sort of sitting i suppose or one one session and i really enjoy that i suppose that's the dopamine hit you talk about and then i'm good for the next week or two just to play the other things that i like and i think it's that time thing as well that you know admittedly doing that is still four hours i could have put into a longer game perhaps as well so yeah but i also think like you can't you can't discredit those games and i feel like people do that to an extent i don't feel like those games are any less of a game than a major triple a game because somebody took time and you know spent energy to make that to create that game and like you have games like saturday morning rpg which are absolutely fantastic but they just so happen to be published by rattalaka like that's not that's that's a great game that's a really good rpg people should check it out um what's another one um what is it like super weekend mode i think it was yeah i mean there's there's a ton of them that game's great too like there's a lot of great games uh 99 vitas which you not really a rat plat but like more of an indie title one of my favorite games of all time cj and i know Corey probably mentioned this to you last week is an indie game like shovel knight is probably Mm. in my top five games of all Mm. time now Mm. like I, i will buy that game every time they make it you put it on a ti 83 calculator I will buy that game. You put it on a stove, I'll buy that game. You put it on a, a if I could play it on a condom, I will buy that game. Like it's like, it's like, it's like, like the Bethesda I, on my fridge. Like, it's, it's coming it's coming back. <laughs> exactly. Like I I own a copy of it on the Wii, the Wii U, the Switch, the 3DS, um what else? The PS4. Yeah. I own a PS3 copy and I don't even have a PS3, but I have a physical copy of mm. it. Yeah. I own a physical copy of it on everything. I own it on digital. Yeah. Like, I've bought that game so many times and supported them so many ways. I even bought the game and then bought the Treasure Trove edition on top of it because I wanted to give them more money. Yeah. Yeah. Now, look- I haven't got to play Cyber Shadow yet, which is their new game, which I want to play, but I'm sure it's phenomenal. But even even the way I play games, CJ, and the way I love games, I still haven't even got to play half the DLC in that game because I play too many games. <laughs> Well, look, we're gonna we're gonna shift across in a moment, listeners, to to some games. But before we do, I want to just touch on obviously, you know, the the Sony State of Play was the other day, uh, whatever else. I understand that you watched it. We're not we're not going to do like a deep analysis or anything like that, listeners. So don't panic. But I'm interested in in your thoughts, Joe. What what you thought about it all? Is there anything there that you're looking forward to, or just just any general sort of observations? I suppose. 
I mean, the Housemark game looks absolutely amazing. Mm. <laughs> like that uh, Returnal. Returnal is going to be an amazing game. Yes. Um, I'm a huge roguelike fan, and I think that game takes a roguelike and like takes like Dead Space and it like smashes them together. Mm. And I feel like it's filling that void that we don't really have, but it actually shows that like a roguelike can like run on a modern console and look beautiful and do all the things a roguelike does. Yes. Which a lot of people don't think roguelike and think modern graphics. Hmm. They think like 2D sprites, dumbed down. That's what they think. I mean, Hades, and I feel like it's more like Hades in a roguelike sense where there's like a through line story that's going to be there to push you through the game. So it's not just going to be like Dead Cells where there's really nothing there pulling you through. I think that's really I think that's really clever. I think that's part of the the appeal behind Hades. It definitely for me for someone that doesn't play roguelikes usually and 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 gets a bit, you know, I, I suppose not put off by them, but maybe I, I find them a bit intense, but having that through-line story and I think that was so clever for Hades to bring in a whole group of players that would never play a game like that. And I know like Mr. Levi as well, you know, is a perfect example. People that wouldn't play those sort of games normally are drawn in to some degree and i think i think following that path is a really smart move i suppose they have to balance it with the purists or whatever but i I think it's a very clever way of broadening that genre's appeal yeah i I agree Uh, i also really liked that uh, we're getting more free games if you have ps4 and you're going to ps5 i think they're really trying to get people to like jump on the train Uh, unfortunately the train's not available in the store so it's a little (laughs) hard to jump on it right now yeah, yeah. Well, eventually, eventually, <laughs> eventually, they're, they're trying. I I could have had one the other day, but I'm not I'm not one for paying more money than something's worth ever. Like ah. I'm very like I'm very like I'm not spending money on a bundle because I already own all the games in the bundle because I already own them for PS4 and I get free upgrades, so I'm not gonna buy them just to return them. Like, yes. GameStop and other places want you to bundle, like, and they won't sell it outside the bundle. Plus, there's also it's also the only time in the history of consoles where we can't physically walk into a store and buy a console due to the pandemic. They're not putting them in stores right now. Mm. So you can't just roll into a Walmart or a Target or whatever store you have and buy one off a store shelf. They don't do that in the States. I don't know if they're not doing that in Australia as well, but mm. we can't physically buy them in a store. Mm. Well, there are just none here to buy in the stores. Yeah, well, yeah, there's none here either, but they don't. You can't physically pick one up in a store unless you order it online and then come and pick it up. It's so funny you mentioned not wanting to pay more because we had a bit of a backward back and forward that I believe was like 4am your time on our little closed message group or something that got a little heated there or whatever else uh, with Sir Levi and, uh, you know, all in, in good fun or whatever. But it got me to thinking, you know, that I wonder, because there is no way of getting a PS5 here through, you know, legitimate means, I suppose. I was wonder what the scalpers want here because, you know, I haven't been interested or whatever else, but I thought, you know, I wonder how much and they were, you could pick one up. Up for about a thousand dollars Australian, which is maybe like a two fifty Australian, or maybe like a 160, 170 over the the cost price or the the sale price US, I suppose. And I know there'll be people that are like, oh, you shouldn't support these people or whatever else. But it is it is what it is. And I was thinking, well, you know, one hundred and seventy US or whatever on top of the sales price, it is it is what it is. And I mean, you're going to spend so many hours with it, you would probably get it back. And I I almost did it just to because I'm so intrigued <laughs> to see. I did I, in the end I didn't because like you know I I just 
just I just don't feel it at all, unfortunately for myself. But I was intrigued for it, and I thought, you know, you hear all these people talk about how amazing it is, and I know the load times are better or whatever. And you know, but it, yeah, it, it's just funny where that line is because uh, there, there were some there for about five hundred dollars over price, and I was like, well, I'm not paying that. That's ridiculous. But I thought, you know, uh, 170, 180, I could see that, and it also showed me that obviously those prices are coming down on the scalpers end. So perhaps if I wait another month, it'll be an even better deal for me uh, here in this country. I, I think that, you know, the scalping has gotten a little bit out of control in the gaming market in general. So I, I can see mm. why you don't want to bite and you don't want to support that. I I can also see mm. where, like, you're in a rock and a hard place. If you want one, you have to pay for it and you have to pay what they want. It's called That's supply right. and demand. It's very simple, simple economics, mm. right? If I want something mm. and I can't get it, the price is obviously going to be higher because it's in lower demand. It, it makes sense. Uh I just don't want to play. I don't want to play into their hands. I don't think I should have to, and I don't want to, and I'm not going to because I have hundreds of games I can play now. I have a wall. I have a wall to the to the right of me. You can't obviously see it, but it's full of PS4 games, and I would say there's about 350 games on that wall, physical, and there's about 240 games on my hard drive. So I'm good for a while, CJ. I don't need a PS5. No, look, I look. I totally, I totally agree. And it was it was a passing fancy. I want one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I want one, and yes, I will have one before june 10th june 10th that will kind of be the breaking point yeah. because i have to have one for final fantasy i have to play that yuffie 500 dlc now i want to, I have to play okay it. now i want to talk about this because obviously <laughs> i'm glad you glad we segued into this obviously they showed this in the state of play or whatever else this this uh, dlc that's coming or whatever else it sounds like you're you're all ready for it you're excited by this then I mean, I was excited, but as I just mentioned before, it's 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 ultimately five hundred dollar DLC because of you course. cannot play it on PS4. Oh, you can't. You have oh, to okay. play it on. No, it is exclusive to the PS5 edition. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And then now there's now there's apparently like I don't know if this is true, so don't quote me. But I was reading an article, and Corey was too. But it doesn't have any basis yet, so we don't know that they want to lock the free ps4 version out of the ps5 upgrade yeah i'm pretty sure i can confirm that's correct yeah it is this is for the ps uh what they're offering is sony offering yeah yeah so yeah, you have to buy too. it again yes at full price if you want it on ps5 they're not going to give it to you for free yeah yeah but i mean again again that's a square thing i suppose that's that's maybe beyond sony or, or whatever else that's just that's just what it is i suppose and then why give it away for free? Well, look, you know, why give control away for free when the week before you you were selling it, you know, at a slight discount? Uh, like, well, you know, that, there, yeah, there are many I mean, questions. That's that's <laughs> always been Sony though. Like that's always been the way they played ball. Yeah. Like, uh, they, like if you look at like I'm I'm a I don't know. Are you a are you a subscriber of PlayStation now? Uh, we don't have that in Australia, unfortunately. They don't offer it. Oh, you don't? No. Okay, so so what Sony loves to do with PlayStation now, if if those aren't if if you have people. For your listeners who aren't familiar, is they like to put games on their service that they just gave the month before on PlayStation Plus. <laughs> yes, but there's a lot of other. Or games they give there. the PlayStation Plus game for free that they made free the following month, the month prior on PlayStation Now. Yes. So I'm like, are you effing kidding me? Because one, you're giving me games in a service that I pay for that you already gave me for free. Mm. Like, go out and get some developers. That's where like there's like a huge divide between game pass and ps now is sony's not willing to pay for things whereas like microsoft is like yeah here's a dump truck full of money put your games on game pass yeah sony will not do that sony doesn't even have the final fantasy games on their system on their system 
it's absolutely appalling yeah like they made those games household names and they don't even have them on their console yeah i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna tread carefully here because we're we're approaching many of the reasons that i went into the messaging about why i have problems with the direction of that company which which, no 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 it's i I just personally don't want to i don't want to come across one-sided which i've been accused of in the last few weeks which is totally understandable no it's okay because it's okay because uh, like like Corey said in the past, I I have I want an Xbox, mm. and I know there's a lot of people who say like, well, why don't you buy one? I'm like because it comes down to it's not brand loyalty. It's it's I don't want to get I don't want to have to build two separate libraries because I'm gonna go back and buy things that I already bought on PlayStation. I'll go on, on Xbox, and then like I don't want to get back into tro- into achievements because I know I will. Mm. Like I have no willpower. <laughs> So I'll just I'll just tip the scale back the other way, and then it'll be just as bad, and I'll have two scales. And yeah, no, look, I, I totally understand it. Look, but it's not going to stop me from throwing you under the bus slightly here because I want to I want to elaborate. <laughs> you made this point in the message, and I want to I want to ask you about it because you know oh. I never thought about this before you brought it up, and I didn't. I, I've been thinking about it all morning actually, so I'm not I'm not dismissing it in any any regards. I think there's some validity here, but I want to I want to understand your thinking. You put here, and if you, if you don't mind me reading this. You put here, Game yeah, go ahead. Game Pass and Xbox are ruining the industry. They've started an arms race where people are buying up rights to games left and right. The industry is going to collapse in on itself. Now, I want to ask you about that because, yes, that, I mean, technically, I'd never thought about that, but technically that is what they're doing. But in the back of my mind the whole time is, well, they've sort of been forced into this position because they've got to compete. And this is, you know, they didn't have to do this, but they have chosen to go down this line to compete. Do you Do you really think it's a bad thing for the industry? So, like, I'll, I'll preface this first by saying, why did they have to compete? Is Nintendo competing? Well, well Nintendo, uh, I mean, here's a self-fulfilling thing. You just said you don't want to have two libraries. You don't want to buy the games again, but you're not, you have no problem buying the game three times on Nintendo or five times on Nintendo. <laughs> so that, that Nintendo is in this wonderful place that they can sell you the same game 20 times. You know, it's a bit like Rattalaika, they, except they charge full price for their games, unlike Rattalaika. They have, <laughs> yes, they... So they have a problem that I like to call, um, they like to feed off of people's nostalgia yes. and they'll do it continually over and over again. So for instance, like not to take away from the question you asked me, but I'll go into this a little bit. Like, I don't think it's fair that Nintendo fans should have to pay $60 for a remake of a game that came out 20 years ago when they could easily just give it to you for $20. Mm. And yeah, all they would have to do is port it and put it on the eShop and they don't have to like razzle dazzle it up. People will still buy it. But they think just because they slap a new coat of paint on something and they work on it for like a few months that they can charge $60 again. I get it. Like, you know, your people are going to buy it. But I also think that Nintendo fans are like sheep and they will buy anything that has a Nintendo label slapped on it. Yeah. But anything. As an outsider from Nintendo, I mean, it's got the Apple phenomena behind it in that they're very clever. 100. Very clever that they don't drop the prices of their games like Sony and Xbox do. So. They do, they, they do not, and, and that's a clever place to be in because that's not something you can start. Like if Sony or Microsoft tried to do that from now, the, the uproar would be huge. <laughs> but Nintendo have been doing it for so long that it's accepted, as you say. And you know, I mean, games hold their they games hold their value, mm. and in some senses, the value comes back around. So um, I watch a lot of YouTube where people go like uh, garage sale hunting, or they try to build a game collection off of like ten dollars, and then they like they sell everything to keep creating funds for mm. that instead of putting more money into the into the gaming fund so for instance like they would go to the the thrift shops and they would buy like mario for ten dollars and then go sell it on ebay for like 50 60 dollars because that's what it would sell for on the market like 
like consistently. So it's it's insane that the games retain the value almost, I would say, 80% of the value still stays with the game, even 20 years later. There's not a lot of Sony franchises that can say that, that they hold an 80% retention value from the original cost of the game. That's right. And but a lot of that up. stems from Nintendo holding the value of the games at the, at the hostage price, if you like, the whole cycle of the <laughs> game. And and Sony I mean, never did yeah. that, you know. They for for one a better word, they went for the and Microsoft, they went for the bottom line. I mean, you know, that that's what happens. The the game they pay the R and D for the game, it, it it covers profit and the price comes down and then they make their mass profit. Like that's how that has always worked. It's an interesting conundrum though. So cause Nintendo didn't used to just do this. Like if you think about it, they used to have a Nintendo Select line. But now they've gotten rid of that entirely. That doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So like on on um, 3DS and on GameCube and the, not the Switch, but the Wii U and the Wii. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not the Wii U because it didn't last long enough, but the Wii definitely had it. Where they had Nintendo Select titles that, or the Million Seller Club, where the games, if they sold that many copies, they would push them down to $20. Mm-hmm. And those games would still sell for $60 now like because the value would hold at original sale price Hmm. but they would drop them to you know thank the fans for you know making the game a success they don't do that anymore though they're like no 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 the game is 60 dollars hard sell this is what it is if you don't want it tough nuggets Hmm. Hmm. okay but to to go back to your original question good that's where i went ahead (laughs) yes i will i am not gonna you know i your listeners are like why is he trying to skate around this question see does he really mean what he said i do I do. I've said this on countless podcasts I've been on. I do believe that Microsoft is is going to make the, the industry kind of collapse in on itself because once you buy all the studios and you make them all part of your studio, if your studio fails, what happens to all those studios you bought? They go under, just like you. Yeah. So they're putting all their eggs in one basket in this Game Pass, and if Game Pass doesn't work out for them or they start shutting down studios, it's going to kill hundreds and hundreds of franchises that we love. And you, you can look at Sony and say, like, well, well Sony's closed the studios, and Sony does this, and Sony does that. But Corey and I had an interesting conversation about this a few months ago. And we brought up the fact that when Stone, when Sony brings a, a studio on, it's after they've already proven themselves. Hmm. They've made games for Sony. Like, they partnered up with Sony. They've made a game for them. Okay, we really like what you're doing here. Okay, why don't you come under the Sony umbrella, and now you make games just for us. Yeah. Microsoft is buying known franchises and being like, okay, now you're an Xbox game. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. The only only thing that I think is, you know, in Sony, they came out and said that they're not going to pursue, or Jim Ryan said they're definitely not going to pursue a, a Game Pass model because they can't see it as a profitable, you know, a profitable venture at this stage. It's not, it's not a profitable venture that's at this r- stage. That's right. And Microsoft are a company, I mean, uh, it, it's like the Netflix model. Like for a long time, Netflix traded in huge debt you know, massive debt or whatever they were, they were spending so much, but they're bringing so much in and the value of the assets over time will be, you know, worth, worth billions. So they, they could justify that. And Microsoft, the company can clearly, you know, sustain loss here. Oh, 100%. Microsoft. It's not, it's a difference, CJ. It's a huge difference. It's like, That's right. it's like, it's like David versus, it's like David versus Goliath, right? Where of Sony course. is David and Microsoft is Goliath. Like Microsoft has all this, it has all this money that they should just throw at everything they want. If they wanted to buy Sony tomorrow, they probably could. Yes. Is it ever going to happen? Probably no, because they need the competition. They're not They're not Vince McMahon, and I love wrestling, so I'll go there. <laughs> they're not like Vince McMahon. They're not going to go buy WCW and ruin wrestling. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to do that. They're smarter. <laughs> they, saw, they saw what happened when Vince did it. They're not going to go that route. So they're not going to be like, okay, let's buy 
let's buy our competitor out, and then all we have to deal with is Nintendo. Yes. Because I I don't under I don't think people understand like the one company you don't want to back into a corner is Nintendo mm-hmm. because they got a lot of dormant franchises they could they could pull out and make a lot of money with, but they refuse to do. Mm-hmm. And I would be interested to see what they what would happen if they got pushed into a corner where they had to come out guns blazing, and where they had to where they had to make a modern console because they had to. Yes. Like if Nintendo got forced, if push came to shove, and and like they had to save Nintendo per se, and Nintendo had to push something that would sell outsell everything else, I think they could do it tomorrow. They just refuse to. Nintendo has their own vision of what they see as gaming, and it's true video gaming. They don't want games to be cinematic adventures. They want video games to be video games. It's a very, very different philosophy. Yeah, of course. And I mean, ultimately, none of these companies are going anyway. Anyway, Sony, Nintendo. No, I don't think so. I don't. Do, do I think you know they're going to destroy the industry in one full swoop? No, but I also, I also had the same thought about first-person shooters. Like, and they, they kind of did ruin the industry a little bit. Mm-hmm. Look at all the 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 double a or or even even the movie license games or the license games they all went away because proven franchises or shooters pretty much dominate the market now i would say what 70 percent of the market is either a sequel every year or a shooter yeah 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 no no no. i i definitely i followed that line the only the the thing i suppose that i was most interested in coming into this generation was you know and i think this is the biggest danger with game pass and perhaps i can i can understand your logic here in this avenue is that not that microsoft would you know can't afford to fund something like this at a loss or whatever but that they would no longer be interested in pursuing the gaming line you know for whatever reason but and the, the most dangerous reason perhaps being that they can make even more money you know using assets in other fields <laughs> so why bother playing in this market market anymore and i think you know the acquisition of bethesda and and things like this it just it's when you drop a shitload of money surely and you know relative i know but you know disney with star wars when you really invest in this it it hopefully shows that you're you know you're going to be around for the long term you're not you're not doing this on a whim sort of thing i think and i think that was that was very encouraging for me to see on that side i suppose and i think that you know, I mean, I, a lot of these indie studios or whatever that are on Game Pass, because yes, there's a there's a lot of mark, so a few marquee titles, but the majority of those games are indie games or whatever else. Those studios may really be reliant on that sort of money to survive, I think too, and this could provide a continued safety net for them. So I can see both sides, a bit like PS Now, perhaps with you know similar. It's 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 a little bit different. I would say like Microsoft's kind of lost my trust with buying studios. Like look what they did with Rare, one of the best studios in existence and they took them and they put like a blanket over all the things they've created and go, no, you're going to make connect sports and you're going to make this. And we don't want, we don't care what you made in the past. We want you to make these games. Mm -hmm. Like this is what we want from you. And I thought that was very disgusting and already what they're doing with Bethesda and they're kind of like making, they want Bethesda to be like its own, like not its own studio anymore. They want to like envelop it into Microsoft studios. Now Mm. they don't want it to stand on its own and like its own merits. And I think that's kind of scary already. Like, yeah, well, it's going to be interesting. And I don't want to see what's going to happen to fallout. Mm. Like what's going to happen to fallout. One of the best franchises in gaming history. Like, are they not going to put it on other things? Are they just going to hoard it to themselves? Like, I don't want to have to buy three different devices to play all the games I want. I want to be able to, play everything on whatever i want to play it on yeah i hate game exclusivity i do i'm not a big fan of it uh, yeah yeah i'm a sony pony sometimes <laughs> I'm like oh we have this game and you don't blah 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 blah. and it's it's stupid like i i wish that didn't happen anymore i wish everybody got to play baseball and finally they do this year mm. you know this year baseball is not exclusive anymore mm. that's right and that's an interesting story mm. uh i think sony saw that there was you know 
it was push or shove. You know, they were like, all right, we need you to put it on everything or we're going to take the license away. And Sony's like, well, let's think about this. If we put it on everything, we get to make money off of everybody, not just off our, our, our sales, but off Xbox's sales and PC. And if we put it on the Switch, we can make even more money. Yes. So why not do it? Like, the fact that people want to hoard games away from other people in this day and age where there's so many ways to play games, it's just it's just baffling to me. I just don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I do think, I'm sure as this generation goes on, and I mean, you have to see the irony of that uh, being a, a Sony pony, as you say, because uh, I'm sure the last vestiges of that, that mentality still are from that company, regardless of what people want to say. I, You know, unless, unless Phil Spencer is completely leading us, you know, blind down this path, it does seem that they, they're more than happy to, I mean, they, I'm sure they'd be happy to have Game Pass on PlayStation, sir, on the store there. It'd be wonderful, you know. I'm sure. Oh, it'll be, it'll be on there. It'll be on the, I think it'll be on the Switch first, but it'll, it'll be there. Yeah. It'll be there. Yeah. I don't, I don't doubt it. Within the next two to three years, it'll 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 pop up one day in an update. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's it's just crazy to think that we're at this day and age where like there is a video game Netflix. Like Game Pass has fulfilled that. It's done it. Yes. And it's done it very well. Yeah. And I think that what PlayStation Now does that Game Pass doesn't do is I think it, it retains a library over time. Whereas like Game Pass is like things come and go. Whereas I feel like That's almost true. all the things that were on PS Now to start are almost still there, except for like the few gems that they get for like a three month lease or a four month lease and then they go away. But like, mm-hmm. I love the huge backlog of PS3 games you get to play on there because I never had a PS3. So the big, the big thing for me, and I know like Levi bitches and complains about how you can't like download PS4 games on your PC. Well, like it's not like Sony and X and Xbox are two different entities, right? Like mm-hmm. Xbox went all in on the PC market. That's what they're doing. Xbox mm, is pretty course. much dead as a market. It's mm. it's Microsoft gaming pretty much now. I don't even know why they have an Xbox brand anymore because everything is just it's like it's like centered towards PC people first. If you want an Xbox, that's cool because you can play the crappier version of it, but play it on the PC where it's going to shine. It's kind of what they want people to do now. Not that everything's not a PC anyway. Yeah, well, that's, that's right. These next gen. Yeah, and, and look, I, I take we're gonna we're gonna move on from this point, listener. I promise. But I do take your point there, and I think. Sorry, no, I, I, I could talk about this stuff no. all day. I love these conspiracy <laughs> theory talks and these like deep dives on like. Yeah, I, I just think I, once Corey and I get our vehicle up, we'll definitely have you on to talk about this kind of stuff because this is the kind of stuff I love talking about. Well, this is what I like talking about too. I find it very interesting. But I was just, as we wrap out of that little bit, I was going to say that I think you're right. I think it's interesting because a lot of the games, and not all of them, but a lot of the games that have been cycling off Game Pass, and they do cycle off every month, have been indie games. But recently they put on some really long games like Elite Dangerous, Final Fantasy Twelve. Now, these are hundreds of hours games. Now, they need to stay there for months really for this to work i think if they disappear yeah. in three months time that's where we could see backlash start where people are a halfway because obviously hardcore gamers are going to finish that in a, a month or something or a couple of months but the the casual gamers that appeal this this game pass appeals to casual gamers for sure they're going to need it there for a year or more to, to finish a game of that length and, and whether it stays there or not or whether it's pulled after a few months and oh look you can buy it at 10 percent off i think that could be the, the danger they run <laughs> the into marketing strategy yes that's, that's a right. marketing strategy of course it's it a marketing is. Of course, like 100 it is of course but whether that will play well or not will be an interesting thing to see or whether they will even do that i don't know but we'll we'll, we'll have to I, wait and see I, I think it's two different types of gamers now though like microsoft gamers i don't know if they're willing to pay a full price for a game anymore i don't think that's their mentality <laughs> very well be because true. they're like they're like pc gamers now so <laughs> yeah. they don't pay full price for anything yeah yeah so it's like so many people are so ingrained with that six fifty nine dollar or $79 or $80 price tag. They understand that's what they have to, that's their entry to play. Yeah. 
Like Xbox people are like, no, it's Game Pass. Like we pay this much and we get everything. Yeah, we don't have to pay for anything else. Yeah, it's, so like it's it's, it's so just funny you mention that. <laughs> it's just a different way of gaming now. It's a different way of thinking. It's like I have a subscription base for my console. Sony doesn't really have that. PlayStation Now is not the same as Game Pass. It's very 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 different. Uh, yeah. I would say I would say Game Pass is more of like Netflix, whereas like PS Now is more like Crackle or like Tubi. Or like even like the WWE Network, it's got all the hits and it's got some classic cult stuff, but it it doesn't it doesn't have that flair that Netflix has. It doesn't have that original content that you get for free day one. So that's yes. why it's a very good analogy. It doesn't have that day one content that Netflix has. Because why does why is Netflix so successful right now? It's because they've created their own studio, TV studio, where they pump out these amazing shows that are only eight episodes. They're cheap to make. They lock you into a four years four season deal. And then they make a new show. So they don't sit on a 10-year cycle or a 12-year cycle or a 15-year cycle like on Grey's Anatomy or a Friends where, like, once the show's over, CJ, like, the budgets are bloated because they are paying mm -hmm. people a million dollars an episode. Netflix mm -hmm. is never going to do that. Mm -hmm. No, no, it's no matter how popular anything gets. It's the same thing with Game Pass. It's like, okay, well, we'll pay X amount to have your game on for this long. And then, you know, all those – I think all the downloads count as purchasing, right? That's I think how, that's, that's, how, that's the rumor, yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. Mm, mm, That's not yeah. how game sales work. And <laughs> some dude there's just downloading everything as it comes up. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, I gotta make Xbox the best. Oh. Click, 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 click. He's got 14 accounts. He's just sitting there in his computer. Well, you, you know, his claim to fame will be to have played the most games in the world. That that'll be his challenge or something. <laughs> at at one. So he's like, he's like, so you're saying he's like the Microsoft version of Aku? Yes. Well, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's highly possible. Now, look, I do want to uh, let's throw in some game talk here if we can. Although I mean, sure. that's what we're talking about. I want to ask you here about this Cobra Kai, uh, the Karate Kid saga continues. So you know, I had no, I didn't even know about this Netflix series or whatever else until you know hearing from yourself and and a, a couple of others uh, in the chat there. And then I binged the whole thing in three nights. I watched all three seasons in three nights. I thought it was wonderful show, whatever. And then I fell into the game as well. Now you've put more time into it than I have at this stage. How are you finding, how did you, or how did you find the game, I suppose? So the way I found it was, um, I actually like subscribed to like a, you know how like you get review codes and they send you like the flyers and they're like, oh yeah, sign up for this copy of this. So I actually signed up to get like Cobra Kai, or not Cobra Kai, um, G.I. Joe, uh, Operation Blackout or whatever it was. And then that game came out the same month. So I was like, okay, can you send me a code of this as well? And she was like, okay, I'll send you one. Blah, 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 blah. Long story short, it never came. So my code never came. So thank you, Game Game Mills Games, if you're listening, <laughs> for never sending me my Cobra Kai code. Oh, wait, but it came a week after I bought the game, CJ. Ah, it's <laughs> wonderful, isn't it? I've done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Yeah. It's called not being patient, people, but I don't really have patience when it comes to buying games. Hmm. It's, it's a bad habit. Um, <laughs> but what do you think so, of it? I love the Netflix series and I was like, I love beat em ups. I love that the, the game has a kind of like a spiritual feel for like, uh, what's it called? Double dragon mm. fell very double dragon esque. Mm. Uh, the game's clunky, mm. but I love the combo system. I love how you can upgrade your characters. Mm hmm. Uh, how far did you get? Did you get past like the first few levels, or how did you? Oh beat the yeah, first no, no, I'm, I'm still playing it. I'm almost finished. Uh, I'm almost because you can play obviously on both sides. Uh, oh my god, it's so stories. long! It's so long! Yeah. It's so long! I'm almost it's finished weird. the first side. So yeah. So did you? Did, 
so did you think it was going to be that meaty of an experience? Because I didn't. No, I didn't. I thought there were a couple of things that shocked me. I expected it to be janky, you know, because th- that's the nature of some of these games. And, and graphically, perhaps it is a little. But I thought by and large, for the, the pro- depending on the price you pay for it, I suppose, I thought it was really good value. I mean, I was really surprised at how deep that almost RPG-like, the uh, the skills section, if you like, or the upgrading characters was. And I was, uh, I was really surprised in actually, I found it kind of difficult. I don't play a lot of these games, but I didn't think it was going to be a challenging game that forced you into learning the combos but in a way i think it does so i quite enjoyed all of that i couldn't believe how difficult the game was Hmm. like how merciful like the enemies are and how like the hit targeting doesn't really work the way it should work so like you get if you get like if the enemies catch you in a combo they like just juggle you pretty much until you die yeah (laughs) it's kind of annoying yeah yeah. Uh, the trophies in that game are absolutely pain in the ass. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Did you start on the second? Obviously, you can pay on both dojos, the storyline. You can choose which one you start with. Did you play just one side or have you played both sides? I played the. I played. Obviously, I played Cobra Kai first because who, who wouldn't play Cobra Kai first? You also play as Miyagi Do. Ah! No, God, no. Did you play as Miyagi Do? No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. That Japanese man can. Surely he's died. Well, he has died by now, but yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I believe my quote was to you can I piss on his grave in this game? <laughs> Which unfortunately oh, yes, it was. I remember that, that, that in the chat. Yes, that was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Yes, yes. Daniel's um, son. Oh, God. So I beat, I beat it as Cobra Kai, and mm. I started it as Miyagi Do. And you get like two trophies for like restarting the game. So I was like, oh, cool. Nice. And then I was like, I don't want to do this again right now because you have to beat the entire game over again. And people, this is like a, I would say it's like a seven, eight, maybe nine hour beat em up. So it's very strenuous on your thumbs. Yeah. Because you're just hitting the button over and over and over again. Plus the levels aren't short. I know you can attest to this, CJ. They're yes. not short levels. No, no. Like I thought they would be shorter. Like, it's a beat em up. Like you should be able to beat the game in 30 minutes. It's not, it's not like that. It's got a pretty okay story i mean they they have they have the they have um william zabka and um ralph macchio actually voice their characters i don't think anybody else actually voices their characters in the game i think it's just them i think that's correct but that's pretty impressive for such a small studio to get them to voice a game yeah, of course. And I think I think, you know, if you if you have no interest in the T V show, then this game will, will hold no interest for you. But if you do, I always think you allow more in the game. You you let it get away with more because you're, you know, obviously interested in the property. And I think it's a good sell. If you if you enjoyed that series, I think you will enjoy the game. I think it's a I think it's a good price tag. It's only, it was only like forty bucks in the US, so I'm not sure what that is yeah. in Australia. Yeah, well, nobody knows. Nobody has that sort of money here. But yeah, you know, if you if you can somehow rob a, rob a bank, it's worth it. Now, I want to ask, we don't need to dwell on this, but it's of, not often that I see this game on someone's tag. And I know you played this. Uh, so I, I'd love to hear your opinion here. It's, of course, the wonderful Fast and the Furious Crossroads. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so it's I got just... this game for Christmas and Corey and I were like, what should we do for like a special event stream? And I was like, well, I'm getting fast and the furious for christmas and he's like why are you getting that piece of dog shit i was like because i like fast and the furious like i love the movies and i was like man there really needs to be a game and i was like oh there's a game cool i'll ask for it for christmas so my wife got it for me it was like super cheap because it was on sale on black friday uh so i think it was like 15 dollars here it was like dog dog dirty cheap that's that was a horrible phrase i don't know why i used it anyway so <laughs> it's appropriate i was like pumping up this stream like knowing that i was gonna get it for christmas and i was like fast and the furious um 
I can't remember what I named it. I think it was like All in the Family or whatever. It's all about the family. That's what it was because that's one of the quotes from the movie. And the movie has the most ridiculous quotes. And the movies are absolutely ridiculous at this point. Like cars jump out of planes and like it's it's the most unrealistic movie ever now. Like before it was like nice racing film that was actually rooted in like racing culture. Now it's just like how crazy can we be? Can we? And And the game takes it to like the next level. Uh, you beat it, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. You remember the last level when oh, you it's fantastic. <laughs> have to race a rocket and it's absolutely bro- and the controls are absolutely broken in that game. Well, what I loved is they saved the Vin Diesel slide right to the end as well. I thought that was wonderfully played. He <laughs> rides a rocket ship. <laughs> I know, but you it's know what? Absolutely ridiculous. One of the one of the wonderful things. Spoiler I- alert. I always enjoy in my racing games is when you're in the middle of a race and you have a QTE section, which happens early on as well, which I thought was very well played. I just <laughs> but, thought the trophies were absolutely asinine in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The multiplayer. Did you ever play any of the multiplayer? Uh, I that? couldn't. There's no one to play it with. <laughs> That's right. And you needed 18 people. <laughs> yeah. It. Oh, goodness. It's wonderful. I was now, like, why can't you start a game with three people, <laughs> one person on each side? It's like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. Hmm. Now so I, d- I never play it, and I was like, "This is kind of lame" because I kind of wanted to check out the multiplayer because I thought the driving mechanics in the game reminded me of like a PS2 driving game. Like it, yeah. it was very, very bad, but in the same way, I don't know if you had the same feeling. I I enjoyed the game as bad as it was. Oh yeah, it's wonderfully yeah. It's good because it's bad, I think. But it's it's. I fun- just thought it was a good licensed piece of garbage that like we don't get anymore. No, like, we don't get these kind of games anymore. No. Uh, you had to wonder who they th- thought would buy it at, at full price, but you know. Look. Oh, Fast and Furious fans, they'll buy anything, please. Yeah, I suppose. Like, go see these movies, for God's sake. Yeah, I, I suppose. Are I they suppose. making like a 10th one now or an 11th one? Who knows what number they're on now at this point? That's right. That's right. Now, I want to ask, I do want to get into this Nintendo property we discussed before the show, but before oh. we do this, one more PlayStation game I want to ask you about here. I dabbled in this game. I'm a, a massive fan of the, the full version of this game and the art style. It's not my favorite or whatever, but I did I did really like what I played of it because it, it seemed like Final Fantasy 15 on crack. And I'm, of course, talking here of the Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition HD, which you're sort of looks like you're currently playing at the moment. Are you enjoying it? I am. 100% enjoying this game. So this is one of the games that I want to buy since it came out, mm. but I couldn't stomach, like, I think it was like a 30 or $40 price tag. Yeah. I couldn't stomach it because I was like, for what this game is, I was like, there's no way it's worth that price tag. I can tell you right now on this show, you can quote me here, it <laughs> is worth that $30 price tag because it's honestly, it's it's the full game just done in 10 chapters. And I think the full game is only 10 chapters too or 11 chapters, 12, something like that. Mm. It's not a long game. No. Actually, it's one of the shorter Final Fantasies, um, fifteen. To like actually just go through the story itself yes. is not that long. It's you can beat it pretty quick. Mm. But mm. the pocket edition, the ch- I know everybody like, oh well, it's a chibi game, and well, it's got full voice acting from the original cast, mm-hmm. and they take the actual voice uh, over tracks from the old game, and they use them in this game, and they they do like little chibi cutscenes, and the the art style in the game is absolutely phenomenal. And I'm having a blast, and it plays like a um, an action RPG, so yeah. it's not turn based. No, that's well, right. Well I, well, I mean, technically, 15 wasn't turn based either, so it still plays similar to 15, where it's like you have you have all three of your weapons as Noctis, and you switch through them using the R the R and L1 buttons. Um, you level up. You you have like a grid, a sphere grid to upgrade all your characters. It's a pretty like middle meaty game, 
it has missions and side missions and stuff to unlock and collectibles. The trophy list isn't too bad for those seeking trophies through it. It's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's I had I had a good I'm having a good time with it. I'm I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, I mean, I know the fifteen, like the back of my hand. I've played it. I think three three stacks on PlayStation and one on Xbox really? now. Yeah, I love that game. But oh man, I, I played a little of the the HD, and I really like. I, I'd probably preface play the 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 full game first because the full game you can beat in fifty hours. You can probably plat them in that time too. But there is a hundred hours plus worth of content there. Definitely. Oh, one hundred percent. I love you, that game. Yeah, but but this HD, I, like I played uh, probably the first four chapters, and I was like, wow, this is the perfect way if you just want the story like you could you could get the whole story in 10 hours pretty oh, much. oh you tried it out is, yeah yeah i played a bit of it and uh and i uh, sort of like it was it, i was sort of thinking as i played it there are other games long games i would really like like a final fantasy 12 in this star would be awesome i think you know just the the, the story all in 10 hours or something i, I thought this oh yeah would work i think well. that's immediate that's a, yeah oh, i'm sorry yeah that's extremely bloated game hmm like 12, 12 is one of the most bloated Final Fantasies in all of the Final Fantasies because of all the hunts you can do and all the extra things you can do in the game. It like slows the game down immensely. Yeah. To like a crawl. Plus, um, travel in Final Fantasy 12 is arduous. Like you walk between like giant like desert landscapes. It's not like your normal like you walk here and the map changes to this map and then it changes to this map. Yeah. I, I think it would be interesting to see them either make more pocket games like this. Hmm. that they could put on like the switch or like systems that it wouldn't run on or if they would make more full-blown final fantasy remakes like they did with uh seven remake like i would like to see them remake nine from Hmm. the ground up because nine's my favorite final fantasy of all time you could be waiting a while for that now, especially now they're they're deviating into dlcs for for parts of remakes (laughs) we'll have to you you know what though like Corey hit that on the head when we did a long deep dive on Final Fantasy. Um, when we had game stuff, uh, he we talked about how his one big prediction was that everything going forward was just going to be DLC. There's going to be no big massive like packs anymore. It's all going to be split up into thirty dollars DLCs that come out mm. bit by bit by bit. And so far, he's right. Mm. So it's a good marketing strategy. But I would definitely tell your audience to check out uh, Final Fantasy Pocket, Final Fantasy Fifteen Pocket Edition. It's it's a good game. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I will go back to it. Yeah, I think I, I do think there's a lot of validity in playing the full versions first, and then these little ones. But I think you know if you're not going to invest that time in it, it's it's a great way to do it. Now I'm conscious of the time, but I do want to move across a little bit here to these Hyrule Warriors. Of course, this is only a Nintendo property. Now I didn't realize how you know how old I suppose this this game was in, in the Wii U at first, and then three iterations as Nintendo like yes. you do through 3DS and then the current one on Switch or whatever else. Now I have no history with this game i know you have much but i've started recently playing the age of calamity uh, a muso you know inspired game or styled game or whatever else so i suppose what do you i want to hear a little bit about this hyrule warriors is it the is it is a muso game i understand is that correct in it's a combination of sort of koei tecmo dynasty warriors and zelda is that is that sort of what it is or you you explain it i'm sure better than me so I would say that what you're playing, which is Age of Calamity, yeah. is much more of a collaboration between the two franchises. Okay, yep. The original games and most of Koei Tecmo's, like, I would call them paint swaps because that's really what they are. Because <laughs> Koei Tecmo's been doing this for years with Muso games. Like, they did it with um, Gundam Wing, and they've done it with One Piece Pirate Adventure, which I didn't even know they made One Piece Musos. And I'm a huge Muso fan, but I that one slipped under my radar, and I actually bought one 
for the Switch the other day, and I started playing it because I'm a huge One Piece fan. And I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to play this for 100 hours too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to be to long and the short is, um, there's two different, very, very different, vastly different styles of Musu games. There's straight cut and paste Musu games, which are your Gundam Wing, your uh, Dragon Quest Warriors games, your Hyrule Warriors. So Hyrule Warriors pretty much takes the existing weapon styles of characters that existed in other Dynasty Warriors games, and it swaps out pretty much the palettes and the and for actual Zelda characters. So they really don't do a lot of work in that sense because they make obviously they make the moves look like Zelda characters and the animations, but for the most part, they're they're it's a reskin of a Dynasty Warriors game for the most part. Yeah. And the way it really shines for me and what gets me so addicted to this type of game or this style of game and always had me addicted is the vast array of characters you can play as. Mm. And I don't know if you've played a lot of old Dynasty Warriors games, but you can play as like up to like 80 or 90 officers in the later versions of the game. Mm. Like, and you can level them up to like level like 200 and whatever. And you can like collect all their weapons and get all their gear and their horses and all this other stuff. And like to get the, tro the, the like the platinum trophies on some of those games, there's they're ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous amount of hours. Mm. And a lot of them, they don't let you play online mm -hmm. with other people. I know lately the PS4 versions for the mainline dynasty warriors games, they do have co-op online. But the, the the Nintendo Switch version of Hyrule Warriors sadly does not have online. Because yes. I would love to play it with other people because it would help me beat the game vastly faster than I am doing it now. Um, I would say uh, it's it's a collect-a-thon, uh, CJ. That's that's what brings me like the most joy of playing these games. I love playing Nintendo games. I've, I'm a Nintendo game like like completionist. Yeah. Like when I play my Nintendo games, it's like I'm laser focused on one thing and that's getting everything in the game and doing everything there is. And I don't need a trophy list to do that because Nintendo's never instilled that into me as a Nintendo player. Hmm. They've always instilled that 100% completion in me. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose I'm I'm not I'm not so much tied up in that. I think I'm tied up in the the Muso quality of it, I suppose as well because one thing I found with these this style of game, like I don't I don't play Dynasty Warriors particularly, though I've dabbled in it. You know, I played I've actually played a little bit of the One Piece Muso game on the PS4 or whatever else. And one of the things that I like about that format is that it does it does lend itself very well to telling the story through big cutscenes or whatever. And I know Age of Calamity does that. I'm sh assuming this is the same in Hyrule Warriors. I know what you're saying. It's very different though, and not to cut you off, it's very different. So it's vastly different. So I would say. You're playing Age of Calamity, which is like leagues beyond like most Dynasty Warriors games, because they're telling a, a brand new story that's contained within that game, but is a sequel to Breath of the Wild. And that game plays more like a Zelda game, where it has like mechanics that are in Breath of the Wild. They they did something vastly different with this game compared to the first game, is that they they made it less of just a hack and slash Musu game and more of a strategic Musu fighter. Kind of. And they did the same thing with Persona Strikers, which is actually why I'm not really interested in Persona Strikers anymore, because it plays more like a Persona game and a lot less like a Musu game. Yeah, it's funny you mention that, because that's actually where I was leading to. So I've played about five hours now of Strikers, and look, as, as I sort of said, you know, I, I don't I don't go for this one versus 100 Musou-style combat. It doesn't appeal to me, and the, the, the thing is that I thought, at least with Age of Calamity, there is definitely skill involved. As you say, there's strategy as well, and you can control multiple 
multiple people. And I really don't get that feeling with strikers at all. I mean, many of the, the they've tried to in somehow instill this, you know, turn-based element into these fights or whatever else with the skills. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And they're also incredibly overpowered as well. So, you know, part of these games, the attraction is feeling like you are being swamped at times by enemies and then being super, you know, ability just to, to kill all the trash, I suppose, you know, in front of you. And it just, <laughs> it just, it doesn't find that balance. And I, for me, I was, I was wondering if you were going to play Strikers. It's disappointing because the, the other side of the persona is still in that game. You still got your heavy story, your cutscenes, you know, your, your, you know, your, your walking sections and all that or whatever. And it's just the combat sections that are, it really, I don't know, it doesn't gel with me or whatever else. And I suppose, I suppose that's more the genre though. That's, that's really my problem. No, I mean, <laughs> Persona's done a very good job, like, of doing spinoff games. Like, you look at Q, you look at Persona Q Labyrinth, you look at Persona Arena. Mm. Like, they've done a very good job of taking that license and putting it into other fran- into other genres, and being effective and successful. Look at Dancing All Night. Yeah. Those are some of my favorite games of because the music's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and then just and then you're just putting dancing over it. Yeah, I'm sold. <laughs> um, but it, it's I I think Muso games are very interesting in the fact that like you said like. You don't like the one versus 100. I love the one versus 100. I love killing as many people as I can on a level. Mm. And I think the big thing about that's different between um, most of the games, like I love Fire Emblem. I know I've talked about it a million times on game stuff, mm. but I hate Fire Emblem Warriors. I hate the game because it doesn't play like a Muso game. It doesn't like you don't go into a keep and like, and you don't like obtain the keep. Like it's we it's it's very weird the way that game goes. You kill captains and that's how you get the keep. It's different. It's not like you have to like whittle down the keep's power and then the captain appears. The captain's just there, mm-hmm. and it's just very different style. And it's and I just don't like the way they handled the Fire Emblem game. Like they they based it too much off of two franchise two iterations in the franchise and didn't care about any of the rest of the legacy of Fire Emblem, which is which is sad because it's got such a deep rooted history. Mm-hmm. It's got 25 years of, of, you know, games you could have pulled from and you pulled it from two games just because those are the two best selling games. And I thought that was like the misstep of Fire Emblem Warriors. I felt like Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. And you said there's three versions of the game and I can go over them very quickly. There's OG one on the Wii U, right? Mm -hmm. That had a base set characters and had two DLC packs. The second version, Hyrule Warriors Legends Edition, added three more DLC packs on top of that. And then the third one, which is the definitive edition, just slammed it all together. But when they slammed it all together, CJ, they rearranged everything and made everything make sense. So they took all the DLC, they took all the unlockable weapons, and they hid them all in these adventure maps, right? Mm -hmm. And the adventure maps basically have, like, different qualifications to beat them. And they go from, like, easy at the top of, like, the Hyrule map all the way to, like, the Kokino map at the bottom, which is, like, hero difficulty. And each map square has, like, anywhere from, like, 80 to 100 squares to the bottom the bottom one, which only has, like, 20 or 25. Mm-hmm. And each one has, like, three or four unlockables on each map. Then it has your gold, your golden chest, right? Your golden chest, you have to get an A rank to get the golden chest. To get an A rank, you need to beat the level in a certain amount of time, have to kill a certain amount of enemies, and not take a certain amount of damage. And that's every single map. <laughs> just plenty of gameplay in there. <laughs> and that's just the adventure. That's just the um, adventure mode maps. Then you have Legends mode, which is your story. And they made a completely separate story for this game that doesn't exist in any Zelda lore. It's like outside of like canon. It's pretty cool. And they introduced new characters and new villains. And I thought it was cool. And yeah. that took that. That's anywhere from like fifteen to thirty hours, depending on your skill your skill level, right? So you mm-hmm. have that. But then in that, 
You have to collect golden skulltulas. You have to collect heart containers. You have to beat the game with A rank. You have to um, then you have to beat the every single level you beat when you beat the game. Once you beat the game and you beat every level, and that's including all the DLC levels because now they're included in the base game. So it's all slammed together now. So then you have to go through and you unlock hero mode or hero difficulty. And hero difficulty has another golden skulltula on top of that golden skulltula, which you can only get for meeting a certain specific <laughs> condition in each battle. And they don't tell you what it is. <laughs> it's, it's sort of it's terrifying in the amount of content, but it's also <laughs> wonderful too, isn't it? Because you just get sucked in. You're just, you know. <laughs> so it's the perfect game yeah. for the Switch. And I can't say this enough. Because it's such a portable system, I play this game every day for an hour since I bought it. Except for like a few months when I like put it down for a while because I kind of got sick of playing it. But I always gravitate back towards it. It's sad, CJ. Oh, like right. I own at least 45, <laughs> 50 games on my Switch and I'm full digital. Yeah. I'm full digital on my Switch. I don't have cartridges. And every time I boot it up and I'm like, oh, I'm going to play this today. What do I play instead? I play Harbor Warriors. Because <laughs> I can beat a map in, I can beat a map in seven to eight minutes and I, then turn it off. Or if I'm at the doctor's office and I pull out my Switch, I'm like, I'm going to play level Hyrule Warriors right now. And if I'm at work and I don't have a client for 20 minutes, I'm going to play level Hyrule Warriors. If I'm in the bathroom and I'm bringing my Switch with me, mm-hmm. I'm playing a level Hyrule Warriors. It's something I can pick up and drop very quickly over and over and over and over. And it, and it's like, Corey's like, Corey's like, this is your division. <laughs> this is your online multiplayer game. Like, you don't like games that are continuous. Yeah. And you say it all the time. But this is the one game that you just go back to and go back to and go back to and go back to. And I don't know if it's it's the dopamine kick from all the unlockables and everything and the way the game is shaped. And the fact that like when you beat the first adventure mode map and the second one unlocks, then you unlock higher level weapons. So then you can get more powerful. And then when you get more powerful, you can do the maps below those maps and the maps below those maps. And it's an endless cycle. Yeah. And... um. I don't know if you're familiar with the completionist. He's a YouTuber, um, so he 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 finally beat the game after playing it for about three or four years, and he beat it at a thousand and eighty something hours. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> to beat everything yeah. to one hundred percent the game. I'm at, I'm today at this very moment of recording. I just hit two hundred and five hours. Ah, so your journey's only just beginning. I have not even beat one of the adventure mode maps one hundred percent yet. Yeah. I haven't even beat. The Led- Legends mode, I haven't even beat Legends mode 100% either. I beat all the levels. I've gotten all the Skulltulas, or half all, half of the Skulltulas on, like, normal difficulty. But I haven't got, like, anything on Hero yet. Yeah. Still have to do all that. Um, I haven't touched the challenge maps, which are even harder. Because the challenge maps are like, oh, here's five minutes. Beat, beat 1,500 enemies in five minutes. But you can't take X amount of damage. Um, you can't use items. You can't heal yourself. Like, there's, like, all these different qualifications. And then... Like, so when you beat, like, so there's eight different adventure mode maps, and the, the hardest one is the Termina map, because the Termina map acts like the Termina, like the moon in um, Majora's Mask, right? You know how the moon, um, it crashes to Earth and blows and, like, kills everyone, or crashes to Hyrule and kills everyone? Well, it does that in the friggin' map. So, it, like, counts down the turns until the moon crashes down and resets your map. 
Then they have to do it all over again. The, the, these, <laughs> I mean, I am intrigued by these things, but it's also it is also terrifying. Now, look, I do. I want to throw one more at you because it's not often that I get to speak to someone so well immersed in Nintendo here. A, a different franchise, the one that I, I'm sure you're quite sure. familiar with. Now, I, you know, in my ignorance, I actually didn't realize this game had a story mode, and I understand that it's probably not the reason you play this game for, but because I'm predominantly interested in narrative and story, is the story of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is it worth playing or not oh man so i haven't finished it yet Corey's probably closer to finishing it than i am uh it's it's pretty long and i wouldn't really say it's a story at all honestly it really doesn't have a good story um it's pretty much like the master hand like locks like all the warriors away in like these like kind of like like i guess like cells kind of and like you have to break them out so like you go around the map and you unlock all the guys and then you go into these like certain like areas and you fight these bosses and the bosses are pretty cool cj because they're like nintendo villains or like like made up villains but they're like full scale people you fight in like a basically in like an adventure style like boss fight but it plays like a smash brothers fight so it's like cool so it shows you like the capability of what they could really do if like nintendo let the chains off of like what's capable of his character in smash bros but <laughs> it's it's a pretty lengthy story mm. i think i'm around like 20 something hours in it Corey, i think is close to finishing it because it will count as a be legit and be a two-pointer because it's over a 20 hour campaign yeah it's yeah, long i read that yeah. it's it's pretty damn long uh i would say that game is just fantastic it's it's probably just as good as hyrule warriors in the content level like all the things mm. you can do in that game just beating every every character every character's like story mode or everything like that it's like i i fall into traps playing games over and over and over again instead of playing like what i should be playing on switch which is like xenoblade chronicles 2 which i never even played and bought day one uh, i'm a gigantic fire emblem fan and i barely touch three houses because yeah. every time i pick up my switch all i want to do is play hyrule warriors yeah well that's not a bad thing i mean it's not it's, there's nothing you should be playing it's, you should be playing what you want to play which it, it and i think clearly, that's what i've learned it sounds like you are yeah so i so to close to close everything out and yeah like i think that what i've learned about myself in gaming is that after doing um, Backlog Beatdown last year and almost and trying to keep pace with JT, which is absolutely impossible, people don't try it. Uh, <laughs> he's a machine. <laughs> he is a machine. Yeah. He, he's a machine that cheated last year, but he's a machine Whoa, nonetheless. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's okay, CJ. Uh, it's okay, CJ. Uh, he won fair and square. He did in the end. Yes. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I'm a, I'm a tiny bit bitter. It's okay. I'm just a little bit bitter. Yeah. Uh, and, and well, the thing is, when you get into the ground level, you know, we talked loosely about the council and it's, you know, wavering knowledge last week. But when you get in at an, an event, you know, and we're really sidetracking now, listeners, but when you get in an event at the ground level, day one, backlog beatdown, the first year is always going to be the best, you know. And then you get into the second year and there's a whole <laughs> lot of, there's a whole lot of strange shit that's going on, sir. You know, and you, honestly, just, honestly... you just tap your hat and you go, well, I was here day one. I, you know, I don't, I don't need to participate to this degree because you know there's all there's nes things all sorts of things happening which I'll is take wonderful. My silver medal with pride that's right that's right sir you know <laughs> i was here i was valid at a time and now the game has moved i was going to say it's moved on but ironically looking at the score sheet it seems to have moved back 30 years actually to what no, everyone's playing not, at the moment well, but <laughs> as a member of the council i plead the fifth on all things backlog beatdown related i think that's the best uh, strategy yes <laughs> but i also think and this is exclusive for you i think i want to tell daryl that i want this 
this year's winner of the backlog B town to be added to the council. I want that to be the prize. No, I think that's a, I think that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. Another, another voice on there is exactly what you need at this point. I think so. Look, I, I have hey, much I'll, of the... <laughs> I'll give up my chair, but I think what I've learned most about gaming this year after last year was that I burnt myself out playing so yeah. many games at a rapid pace that I don't ever want to do that again. I know like Corey mentioned last week that my goal for this year is to beat a hundred games. I don't even know if I'm going to do it now because I have a whole different perspective on how I want to play games right now. Like yeah. personally, like right now I'm playing red dead revolver or no red, red, red dead redemption two and uh grand theft auto five at the same time, but I'm doing it very casually. I'm playing one story mission a day and then I'm going to play something else. Yeah. I, I like I, you know, and I, I don't want to bang on, but I really, I really like that. I, I do believe that you see things in the world as you wish to see them. I think I think it's it's naive of a person to ever feel that things have changed. But having said that within gaming, four years ago in the groups I was mixing and, and I was seeing there was so much of bent was on completion and finishing everything. And in this last year, and I know you you surround yourself, as I said, in, in people that are similar to you perhaps, but it, it's been great to see so many people let go and just play as they want to play whether that be for trophies and smashing them or you know playing these other games or playing this it's just it's really wonderful to see a loosening grip and i know it sounds you know eccentrically wank festy but you know we are dealing with a, a subset of people here that are suffer from ocd often and they they micromanage everything in their life so to see them be able to let go and i think it's so refreshing because it's the way that i've played the whole way through and it's it's really nice you know i just sort of sit back and smile and go you know now they that the burden's been lifted you know they can move on when they want they can play as they want and i think that's really it's a really wonderful thing to see i mean when you don't put up these arbitrary trophy walls anymore you can get a lot more done of, of course and ironically you can earn even more trophies <laughs> yeah and i think like now when i earn trophies it's like a special thing again because i'm not looking at the lists anymore yeah. i'm not going well i have to math out my path through the game this way to get 50 percent in one playthrough and i used to do that like I used to run, I used to have like the true achievements or the true trophies or PlayStation uh, trophies.org open. And I would just sit there with it and be like, all right, I'm coming up on this boss fight. What's the strategy here? Like, and I would just like ruin my experience with games. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a, I think that's a wonderful note to, to wrap up on. I think listeners, as you can see, we could probably just talk for hours. So I think we, oh, we, we we've only scratched the, the surface on so many things, but, but I do, I do want to give you the opportunity here. If, if people are trying to, you know, hear more of your content and, and see you and follow you on, what's the, the best way to do that? All right. So if you want to check me out on social media, um, I'm on Twitter at Mr. TMNT 84. And you can check me out every week or whenever I actually am on the show on Loot Bros Podcast. Uh, I haven't been on the last few episodes. I've been dealing with some stuff. But nonetheless, you can find me there. You can check out Daryl, Kalai, you know, Tanner, and Zach and myself. Um, it's a pretty funny show. Just understand that it's mature content and come in with an open mind. But, yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, I do have a new venture that... Corey and I are launching soon, which I know he talked to you a little bit about last week, which is uh, JK Gaming and stuff. Uh, we have a lot of stuff set up, a lot of stuff ready to go in the pipeline. We're definitely going to start creating content soon, um, and we look forward to everybody being able to digest that content very, very soon. And yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me right now. Yeah, 
that that's awesome. And of course, I know we have a lot of a mutual listenership. But if you haven't checked out the Loot Bros, they're a weekly a weekly podcast. They do always hit their same release date on Monday, unlike this travesty of a thing that comes out whenever it feels like it seems these days. And it is it's a it's a really it's a really interesting podcast because they're not aligned necessarily to any one system. They cover games across all systems, including the PC, which we didn't really touch on today. I do want to thank you so much, Joe, for coming on today. It's been wonderful to finally have the opportunity to have a full conversation with you. I knew coming in that I was going to enjoy this and I've been proven I've been proven right. So thank you so much, sir, for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure. It was my pleasure, 100%. I, I like many of your fans out there, am very, I guess, very uh, upset that the show's ending. <laughs> oh, that, that's a very kind thing to say, sir. But yeah, it, we, we, I think we're coming naturally, naturally to an end. And I'm glad that we, we could finally get you on. But as I said last week, I'm sure this is not the end of the, the conversation. No, like I said, as soon as we get our vehicle up and running, you are more than welcome. And we will definitely have you on our show. Huge thanks again to Joe from the Loot Bros podcast. Of course, if you want to hear more from him, you can do so on the Loot Bros podcast, available every Monday on all good podcast providers. I'm glad that we did finally get to touch base and have a chat live. So we sort of touched a bit of everything. It just was so free flowing and i've really been enjoying these last couple of episodes they've just been that way no real run sheet just whatever takes the fancy on the day or the night and so it's one way to do it i think listeners i think it's a really good way to do it now we are finally back with some shout outs for this week the push to plat shout outs if you still want to get a shout out there is still time you know how to do it the discord or the free to join community and we're going to start today with edj3dg there are some big shout outs this week and he starts us off with number 71 gta 5 Note to self, never do three Rockstar Platinums in a row. <laughs> that seems like sound advice, sir. That's hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of hours, I'm sure. And another one for EDJ3DG. He also comes in with number 72, The Evil Within 2. Started off not really enjoying the game compared to the first one, but eventually it had its moments, especially in the last chapter. Damn crashes in classic mode almost ruined it for me, though. But then I thought Bethesda... Am I right? <laughs> That's a low blow, sir. But it, look, it's true, isn't it? Shout out to Fallout 76 there. You know, I've got a horrific story about this game. This is one of the, I, I think, six or seven games I have in my gaming cupboard still in the plastic. Which, you know, I know for many of you, it's like, well, it's not so bad. You know, I've got half a shelf here unopened. But I play almost five minutes of everything I, I have or I try to. And the fact that this has still been in the plastic and for so long as well. It's, it's, it's a horrific, sir. I should try this at some point because I did quite enjoy the first one. But, you know, one day, one day, I suppose. Boston George. Look, he's hit with a big one. My masterpiece is complete. Platinum 202, Dragon Ball Raging Blast 2. All Dragon Ball games are platted. That's all nine games. That's, that's, a, that's fantastic. So that is a massive grind, I'm sure. I haven't played any of these games, but I, I can feel it from here, the grind. So it's, a, it's another series completion. Congratulations, sir. And as we've learned from so many people, series completions are important. And I look forward to seeing what you are you embark on next. I know you were thinking about a little bit of Sword Art Online, but I don't know I don't know how that went down. If you're perhaps like me, you put in 10 minutes and then you're like, oh, this is tough. 
this is a real tough grind to actually sit through some of this uh, garbage UI and a few other janky elements, but I'm sure you will. You have you have wonderful staying power, so I'm sure you'll get there. A massive series, of course, uh, sort out online to embark on. Spooky 5U, number 95, Friday the 13th. <laughs> my goodness, all these platinums. Probably if you added these three people's plats up, it would total more than my total game time of all my 1,400 and something, or 1,330 rat plats. It's, it's terrifying, isn't it, sirs? But, you know, look, your time has obviously been well spent, perhaps. Congratulations on such a, a massive platinum there. A boostable platinum, too, I'm told. Uh, it's all in the eye of the beholder, I suppose. Gaz Davis, number 78, Saw on PS3. That's an old classic. That is surely no Hobroxia 2, so congratulations at best trophy hunter ever CSO number 600 it's another massive one Red Dead Redemption yeehaw motherfuckers this will be my final shout out so he's dropped the mic on us here he has got the fuck out of this podcast congratulations sir you've been a wonderful wonderful supporter of the show also a Patreon as well uh, and submitted many games to the Platinum Shoutout. So I do wish you all the best on your, your future endeavours. And there is no better Platinum, surely, than Red Dead Redemption there to, to see us out. It's funny because my, my travesty story on this game is that I have played this on PS3. And it actually, it killed my first PS3. I got to Mexico. I got to the desert part. And the thing just flatlined. It was just black screen. Everything. I think there was smoke coming out of it because it was just so... It couldn't handle the game at all. I don't know why. But it, it killed it completely. So it was actually a year or two later before I got another PS3 and, and ended up finishing this game. But what an ending as well. I'm glad. I'm glad that I did. Congratulations, sir. And best of luck to you in all your future hunting endeavors and mr tam number 108 seven scarlet dusted off the vita for this cute supernatural vn it wasn't too long and had plenty of twists to keep it from getting predictable it was an overall good time it would have been a two to three hour quickie with tech skipping but i think it took me closer to probably 30 Congratulations, sir. I look, in all honesty, I did think I did skip this one, perhaps more than once too, travesty as it is. But I haven't read it, but it's on the list. It's on the list to come back to. And if you endorse it, it must be must be worthy of, of some time there. So congratulations on that, that one there. Ed the Shed 2014. Apologies, sir, that it's been a couple of weeks, but we're finally here. I'm intrigued if you've hit the milestone, but we'll build you up to get there. Number 195, RS.4 EU stack. This is a real gem of a game, and depending on when you listen to this, it'll probably be too late, but the NA stack of this game is available for $1.99, I believe, if you have an NA account with PS Plus. So if you don't, you're probably screwed. It's like $11.99, but at $1.99, that's fantastic buying. And look, if you missed it this time, whack it on the, the list. There are three stacks of it, an EU, an NA, and a JP stack that plays in English as well. It's a really wonderful game. It is also a 1,000G on the Xbox. About one hour with a guide, maybe maybe three or four without a guide. It's some wonderful sound design, minimalistic art style. It's worth a, it's worth a look. Number 197, Christmas Break, head-to-head EU stack. The less said, the better. Number 198 to 199, Super Wallow D-Make NAEU stack. So I'm very intrigued what 200 was or what 200 will be, sir, on that wonderful milestone. I hope perhaps you'll share that with us in the final few weeks. And our final shout-out for today. Well, this man didn't even seek a shout-out, but this is pretty exceptional, I think. I've seen some crazy shit in the last five years of trophy hunting and gaming, but I don't think I've seen anything 
quite like this. I'm talking about uh, a guest we've had on Push to Fight here, a Patreon as well of the show. It is Nameless600, and he writes, well, well, look, I'll just read what he writes here on his Twitter post. After what was likely over 1,000 hours of playtime, trillions of studs, tens of thousands of mini kits, thousands of gold bricks, hundreds of red bricks, and tens of platinum trophies, I have finally completed all LEGO games 100%, including the stacks. That's a phenomenal achievement, sir. That's a test of patience. That's a true, a true, I don't know what it is. It's a true mark of respect from me, I suppose. That's a true indication and validation of you as the ultimate Lego trophy hunter, if not trophy hunter in general. And of course, for those of you asking out there, it does contain the Lego Rock Band Plat because that is a Lego game too. Congratulations sir, I don't think I'll probably ever see anything like that again on this show, perhaps ever in my trophy hunting future either. It's wonderful to see and I wish you well on whatever series you choose to embark on next because as we know, series matter. So there you have it, listeners. It's been a wonderful, it's been a wonderful conversation today. I've had a lot of fun. I hope you've enjoyed this sort of, I suppose, long form discussion, if you like. We just meandered through a little bit of everything. And look, if you didn't enjoy it, well, at least I hope you let us keep you company for a, for a little time this week. I hope you have a blast in whatever you're playing. May the trophies be good, the chivos better, of course. But overall, may it leave you with a laugh and a smile. We'll talk soon. Push to Plat podcasts are conceived, written, and edited by CJ Anderson in Adobe Audition, video editing in Filmora 9, music licensing by artist IO. Push to Plat would like to thank all our Patreon supporters, with special mention to our Patreon producers Zador VP, Redbeard Rick, Ready to Ebag, MZ Nitro, Diego, and T Bird. Without your support, this show would cease to exist. If you would like to say hi, jump into the Discord in the show notes or on Twitter at push 2 plat If you're interested in supporting the show, then jump on Patreon, the push to plat Patreon, where you can find more information on how to support us and allow us to continue to bring wonderful guests and topics from around the world.